to Wildest Kruger Stories. I'm Craig. And I'm Carolina. And uh, today we're going to be diving into quite a few different topics. Um, mainly the focus on social media. Am I right, Carolina? Well, not completely. But it's one of the main focuses of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's something I want to bring up. But mm. I think the main focus of the episode is actually the recent trip we did through Kruger. Yeah, that, that is true, yeah. Sounds like you, you're surprised though. I am surprised. From... I'm surprised. <laughs> and we actually said in the last episode we were going to be talking about it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's about right. <laughs> we also sound surprised of like, oh yeah, we were on a trip. Yeah, we. <laughs> so much going on at the moment. Yeah, but we have just gotten back from a seven, almost eight days. I'm saying about nine because we we had to get up. Um, oh, you're right. And yeah. we did add on at the end, but we'll get yeah, to yeah. that. But yeah, so about nine days in Kruger, yeah. traveling north to south in a 1979 Datsun Safari. Oh yeah. So that's what we'll be talking about mostly in this episode. But before that scenario, Craig, do you have one for us this week? I do indeed. I know I was a bit guilty of not having one for a while. A Carolina had to, uh, I told the fort of that. But today I do have one, and it actually goes into what you want to talk about today with regards to social media. There we go. Um, And it's got to do with trolls. So can you tell everyone that's listening what a troll is, please? What a troll is on social media. I guess it's a person who likes to... I don't know what the official like... Likes the sound of their own voice, isn't it? But in writing. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, (laughs) on social media. So I guess it's someone who likes to spread hate on social media, negativity, I guess, on social media, commenting on stuff that they uh, don't like for some reason and just making it into a very negative space, I would say. It's difficult to explain. I don't know what it the is, official it is like, term for yeah, it I don't, is. I don't know. There, uh, but you know what? You know what's funny? On Google, there is actually a, an official term oh, for me. Troll, troll. I don't know. Um, oh, but you had Google. No, I hadn't Googled. I just heard there's an official term for troll on so Google. So Google right now, so we can actually put it on the okay. podcast. Social media troll. A troll is internet slang for a person uh, intently who intently tries to instigate conflict amongst so, uh, social media users online. Here we go. There's the 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 Google term. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so basically, my scenario for you is: Would you got a social media troll that is hitting you quite hard? Which I know that is. That is actually what you want to talk about a little bit on this episode. What do you do? Um, someone comes at you, tells you, you're terrible, you're useless, you think you're good. The only reason you got where you are is because you're a woman. Um, I think you've all, you've, I think you've had all of those um, in the past. And um, what do you do? How do you handle that conflict? Do you walk away or do you actually go head on into it and uh, start tearing them to shreds? Oh, it depends, eh? Um, it depends on what mood I'm in. I do, I do get comments like that every now and then, and sometimes I laugh at them because sometimes they are quite ridiculous. And the my my favorite thing to do is to uh, uh, like answer with something sarcastic. Yeah. And be like, "Yo, no, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and literally just be like, "No, you're right. It's just because I'm a woman." <laughs> Th- it, you, shit, you called me out. 
You call oh, me, I am a woman. I have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like busted. Oh no. That is the only reason I have a following on social media. You, you're right. You're the only one who's realized it. You know, like that's the best. That's that's my favorite thing to do. But I do need to be in a specific mood to do that. For sure. Because then, like, then I'm like rushing it off. And especially if it's something that ridiculous, when people are like, "You're a woman. That's the only reason that you have a following on social media or whatever." Then I'm like, then I can kind of laugh at it and I can kind of brush it off. I think where it gets where I get like riled up is when I get super super riled up and this is not just in social media but in like you've seen it in conversations when you get it into like heated conversations with friends and stuff I get super riled up by being misunderstood when I feel like people don't understand me or they make assumptions or they you know go to a conclusion without knowing the full story that's when I really get riled up because I'm like, you don't have the full story. Why are you making this assumption? Like, you're making an assumption of me, like, being horrible to animals. For okay, example. okay, we can get there. You're 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 jumping, but I, I want to know the scenario. So you're you're about to get into oh, what uh, what what, what, what you're going to talk about with regards to social media, and that's fine. But I want to know the answer to my scenario. How do you normally handle it? How would you handle someone? coming quite aggressive do you kind of not stoop to their level walk away uh or do you give them a piece of your mind i guess i, I wish i could say that i just walk away and i just ignore it mm. but uh, that isn't the truth always uh, because it is difficult to get does get me riled up but i'm really i am really trying to um what i usually do is i answer once yeah yeah uh, to the comment or message or whatever kind of give you your side of the story and try to give my side of the story. If they keep on going aggressively towards me, then I I, I try to just back away, uh, because it's just it just becomes too much. Something that I've tr- started doing as well, especially if someone sends a message to me, I answer with a voice note, because I think it's so much more difficult to be aggressive towards someone and like read the tone of someone's voice, like misread someone's yeah. tone of voice if you send a voice note rather than a message for sure and i think i think it also just kind of it throws them off it throws them off and dilutes the situation a little bit if they hear my voice and they hear i'm a real person because i think that's often the thing you type on social media and people just you know they don't see as a real person so if you type on social media it's so easy to get angry at a screen but if i send a voice note now i'm a real person it's more difficult for them to just keep on getting angry it's exactly like road rage it's mm. so much easier to get angry at a car. Mm. And then when suddenly you're face to face, okay, well, some people start hitting each other. But all of a sudden, people are like, if someone gets out the car aggressively, people are like, ooh, yeah. he's big. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it, it kind of it puts you into back into those human terms. But I think it's also just, you know, realizing that this is a real person behind the screen because it's so easy to just get riled up at a screen yeah, yeah all of a sudden you're like oh wow here's a real voice of a real person who's actually getting hurt because that's also some sometimes what i do as well is actually saying wow you're really hurting me by saying these things and that is putting me like i'm lying down basically being submissive and saying you're really hurting me right now like i'm showing emotion and i'm saying i'm being hurt by what you're saying and if i say that to people it sometimes puts them off because they're like oh shit i'm actually I'm actually hurting this person. That wasn't really my intent. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with regards to what you're saying about um, 
people online attacking you um, or just in general I've noticed where people have um, slightly lower followings than yourself you know there, there might be a bit bit of jealousy there um, and um, that's where the wording comes in that I oh, know it's just because you're a pretty girl and that's why oh, yeah. and I, I suppose in a sense that can hurt you know uh, it really does hurt um, but again for the third time let's go back to my scenario what do you do do you know do you act aggressive do you I thought I'd answer that. Sometimes <laughs> I act aggressively, sometimes I don't. Okay. I don't I don't know ever act aggressively, I would no, say. No, 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 no. I'll maybe write a firm Harsh case. but fair. Not harsh, but firm but fair. Firm but uh, fair. Message. Okay. But I usually just do it once and if they keep going yeah. I kinda ignore it. Alright. So, That's a very interesting take, um, on the whole trolls and if anyone didn't know what a social media troll was, now you do. Um and yeah, they do exist and they can be a bit of a pain. I'm sure Carolina would agree. Well, you are, because why we we talking about this is because I actually had to deal with it quite a bit of this just recently. Today. Today. <laughs> because um, if you guys remember last episode, I spoke about an incredible sighting that we had in Tanzania now on my recent photographic workshop. And I told the story back, the, I told the story in the previous podcast and... Um, about how this male lion took down this buffalo right next to our vehicle and yesterday i posted the photos from this sighting and i knew i knew going into it i knew there was going to be a few frowning phases because it is it is a sensitive it's a graphic photo it's 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 not just one graphic photo it's It's a sequence it's a sequence of photos and why i put a sequence up is because i only want to post this once and i wanted to post the whole story which is all these photos in sequence and i felt like that really told the story of of the situation anyway and i posted in my caption i said warning not for sensitive viewers and if i can just stop you right there like from a social media from a wildlife photographer point of view there's not much more you can do no you know this is your work this is your this is your livelihood this is how you earn money mm. um all that and a couple of other things but you know it all revolves around photography yeah and that that is the only thing you can do yeah not exactly. for sensitive viewers so i was i figured okay i'm putting not for sensitive viewers and hopefully people who don't like this stuff will scroll past and that'll be it but then I knew that, you know, that's kind of wishful thinking. Obviously, you're going to have people commenting, oh, this is so sad, which is fine. Like, that's a 100% fine comment. For sure. Uh, and what I answer to those people is that um, just keep in mind that this buffalo's life is not going in vain. It's feeding not just the lions, but, you know, you could almost say like a hundred different animals yeah uh, if you want to count everything from you know lions to maggots maggots you know so like this this buffalo's life is is feeding into the ecosystem and is a vital part of the eco- ecosystem so you know that's all i say to the people who are like this is so sad and that's fine i completely understand that not everyone likes looking at these kind of photos and they find it disturbing and so on which is a hundred percent fine but where it got a little bit heated and a little bit hectic was people who say I exploit these animals for my own gain and that I had affected this, that this buffalo was going to die somehow. Uh, they said that the buffalo was looking at the vehicle, which means it was distracted by the vehicle, which means that the lion had a, like unfair advantage. And 
that is just what make why this makes me upset is because people are misunderstanding that the situation and they're making assumptions and that's again going back to that's what makes me really upset because this is not the case and you guys who've listened to the previous podcast and it was actually quite nice to see because at a couple of these comments other people came to defend me and yeah answered for me which is amazing to see you have a community that you know yeah. backs up your it's ethics. loyal loyal following yeah and that backs your ethics and say that we know that carolina would never you know do this and, and this is real nature and so on and there was one guy that actually commented and said no they spoke on their podcast and said this is what happened and so it's completely natural makes sense that made me so happy to see because I was like, one, you're listening to the podcast, that's awesome. And two, you're understanding the situation and you're understanding what happened that, and that we did not affect this buffalo in any way. The buffalo was very sick. Uh, Which it, you can clearly see in the photo. If you if you zoom in in the first, the first image, you can see the... It's always hard to tell if animals are sick in photos, but you can really see this female is struggling. You can see the, um, the lack of body condition mm-hmm. on the rear end around the hips and hind legs i mean I'm, I'm surprised she was actually standing that's the thing like and also watching this whole sighting happen you can see that she was very disorientated she was not aware of us she was not aware of the lion she was away from her herd and was not like trying to find the herd again she was very disorientated and was she was about to die uh, and she was not in good condi- condition in general so and that's the things that I know from being at the sighting. Also, when they say like vehicles, you know, affect the animal's behavior and so on. In this specific case, it was it was us and one other vehicle there when this happened. Yeah. Which is that is that is not a lot, and that is not affecting the animal's behavior whatsoever. Having two vehicles there, we also the other vehicle was standing a couple of meters probably like 10 meters in front of us. So there was a lot of space for the buffalo to run between the vehicles if she wanted to, behind us, in front of the other vehicle, whatever. There was space for her to run. And she did not She did not put up much of a fight to this lion, which also tells us that she was very sick. There you go. 100% is the, the fact that there was, there was very little fight put up. I mean, buffalo are generally strong animals. I mean, they're, they're animals that fight, you know, most, some... I've I've watched lions bring down buffalo, and the, the that just the happening of the kill takes forty five minutes. The fact that a one single lone male lion jumped on this thing's back and all of a sudden was over tells you everything that this this That's animal was not in good nick. Exactly that this male lion was able to do this by himself. Re- only that fact only tells you that this this buffalo was not sick. However, even if the buffalo wasn't sick, yeah. <laughs> like you know we keep on focusing on the buffalo being sick but the truth is also even if the buffalo wasn't sick this is nature and this happens every single day <laughs> in africa without a single vehicle being there yeah so it just it just frustrates me when people are like oh but the, the buffalo could have lived a little bit longer if you weren't there no probably wouldn't have and and two it it will still happen like even if I'm there or not, it will still happen. So like, that you saying that it would have lived longer if if I wasn't there, just you know, doesn't make sense. Doesn't does really it? make sense. But to be honest, if I can just touch on what you're saying, um, with regards to this happening every day without without vehicles being there, is a hundred percent true. I mean, we get 
there's too much human emotion drawn into nature and i think human the the way the human brain has developed and it's it, it's incredibly advanced but it focuses it's very emotionally orientated we we love to love we love to love things yeah and we can't deal unless you've been educated to that extent or in that field um or have been in that field or exposed to that field for so long you can't you you can't picture this happening and not wanting to intervene and that's fine but you need to realize that well those people need to realize that it is it is nature taking nature's way and it is the most natural course ever and what i find comforting with that because because to be completely honest the the one person told me that i don't have any compassion and in one way i'm like you're kind of right because you know, I, I unfortunately i don't feel sad watching this and some people might say that that makes me a horrible person and then if they feel that way that's fine but i it doesn't make me sad because i know that this buffalo's life is not going in vain this is the most natural thing that can happen and these lions depend on this happening and it's actually a beautiful thing watching lions hunt and successfully take something down because yeah. we know that this is what needs to happen in the ecosystem and you and i actually had a conversation the other day about because we because i told you how, how me and my guests got into a conversation of how animals die if they don't get killed by lions and it's quite horrible the way they die if they don't get killed by lions. Oh, various animals die. We're not going to go into the list of animals, but yeah, various animals die of starvation. Like we spoke about that, and it's and um, that's that's generally how it works. Your teeth. Remember, these animals don't have dentists, so their teeth get worn down to such an extent. Um, yeah, it splits about fifty-fifty with um, old age just becoming a thing where their body can't keep up, but then they have organ failure, which is really painful over a longer period of time mm. so when your organs start to fail it's not like you go to the local hospital like we do as these animals must leg themselves and try keep up with their herds while their body is literally failing can you imagine how painful that must be and then you eventually just fade into nothing but it's a painful experience for days even weeks on end whereas if you are starting to fall behind the herd, quick leopard or lion, bring you down, takes 10 minutes. What's more humane? That's, and that's the thing. And, and you know, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't actually say that. Not, it. It's got nothing to do with being humane. No. It, it, what is, let's, I can't believe we're talking about this, but what, what is better for this sick animal? To be done in 10 minutes because you're ill or to drag yourself for weeks on end while your organs are failing or you are starving to death? exactly and that that's the way i see it you know if people were saying oh if you weren't there this buffalo would have lived a little bit longer which yes, is harry potter would have come along with his wand and waved some magic spell which one isn't true that the buffalo would have still been taken by lions even if i were there or not but two okay but if this buffalo were to live a little bit longer what kind of life is that this buffalo is sick and I think I think what riles up emotions as well in this specific sighting was the fact that the female lion pulled out a fetus out of out of the buffalo, and 
that is quite brutal to see absolutely and it's it's something unborn that hasn't had a chance and i do understand that 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 riles up emotions but it is also part of nature it happens you know it's in nature you don't you don't get special treatment because you're pregnant no it, it's kind of what it, it's kind of kind of going back on what we just said it's Will that baby? Would that baby have survived? No. No. Absolutely no chance. The mother was too ill. She was away from the herd. It was done. It, it's just like you said. There's that. There's that human emotion about this is sad, yeah. and this is what disappoints me about people is we cannot separate ourselves from what naturally should happen, and then we can get into the conversation. But we're not going to do that now about how because our population of humans has gotten so big and we've had to implement fences, but we're not going to get into that. Let's focus on the natural of natural right now. And like you said, you know, that the buffalo would never have made it. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I just think it's important for people to keep in mind, but I'm actually sure that I might be just preaching to the choir here. I'm sure that most no, people exactly. who listen to our podcast uh, agrees with us. Please don't turn off the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think they, the, most people who listen to our podcast actually agrees with us. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was important to, to bring up um, and yeah, talk about a little bit because social media can be tough that way. But honestly, I, I was... I did in this situation I answered once and then I let it go and then one of the people were like no I'm not gonna follow you anymore and I was like that's fine you if you, you don't do like you. my stuff that's fine you yeah, because you don't want you don't me. want and you know what hats off to that person for saying hey listen you know this I'm not gonna follow you anymore that's fine yeah cool because this is this is who you are mm. this is you are let's call it raw um you are a raw photographer and if you if something sparks your interest and your liking, you're gonna photograph it and you're gonna put it out there. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, just for for people who might see things on social media, because that happens to me sometimes. I see things on social media that I don't like. Things like you know captive animals being you know petted yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of those kind of you things. You don't follow people like that. No, exactly. I I don't agree with those things, and I see you know social media accounts blowing up getting going viral because they were cuddling with the baby lion and so on and that could be a different episode of why that's not um not really good and, and why we don't want people to to be um encouraging that yeah so what i do when i see posts like that that i don't like instead of going on a rampage commenting a long comment on this person's uh, social media i report the video it and I click on Instagram that I'm not interested in this. I would prefer not to see things like this. And I just simply don't follow the account or like I click on the account and say I'm not interested or whatever it is because that is the base, that's probably the best thing you can do because you are telling Instagram that this stuff is disturbing or yeah. I don't enjoy this, this content and that is actually just gonna make them go less viral. And that's, that's the most powerful thing you can do. If you comment on these things, you are bringing, bringing interaction to these these accounts. You are bringing, bringing engagement. And that's why I also sometimes just let, you know, haters comment and just, you know, go along, just comment on my stuff because you're bringing interaction, you're bring, bringing um, engagement to the post, which actually just makes it go even more viral. For sure. So yeah, just to, just keep in mind for people, um, if you guys ever stumble upon something that you don't like, uh, rather just to just scroll past or just don't interact with it or just report it to Instagram or whatever you feel like, um, it's it's up to you. Yeah, I like what you said uh, there about um, 
kind of you also not getting along with with certain pages well not not getting along you don't really like that and like you said i think we should talk about it maybe not in this episode but we should have an episode about um certain things and why they're bad and Mm. um how some of these some of these places or people have these mass followings and you see their videos and you're just kind of like what do people not understand and maybe we can we can do one help help them understand yeah um but enough on that enough on that let's jump into actually i've got something i've got something i want to share you spoke about how people got a bit and i've got a little story about um when i was when i was guiding okay and you spoke uh, you touched on a little bit about how you know you spoke about this buffalo dying with your guests and mm. everyone was a little bit emotional and i think probably a bit queasy because of the the graphic the graphicness of the sighting um we i had a sighting a good couple of years ago and um uh watched the pride of lions for about two hours hunting a kudu and uh they they brought it down and obviously it's a pride of lions and they dove right in um to this kudu and they opened up the stomach and stomach content came out Uh, i won't get into that uh, but it's grass content it's vegetation and um we went back to the lodge and um for dinner there was a side of cream spinach and one of my guests just looked at it and went craig this looks like something that came out that kudu <laughs> so yeah that, was was, that kind of just put everyone off and they were like nah I'm, I'm 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 good i'm good was it kudu steak as well no no no, no. I, I can't even remember maybe it was that would have been great <laughs> uh, but yeah when when as soon as that guest said that i was like wow this does look like the stomach content of this kudu <laughs> um so yeah that was but but anyway um just thought it was yeah was, that's funny um but anyway moving on Let's jump into what we have been doing for the past week yeah. or so. Um, well, I suppose you were with me. I'm not going to... Um, tell me everything. Craig. Tell you everything. Uh, <laughs> we went up. We started from... Well, let's start from the very beginning. We had to... There's been a bit of a delay with the van. Oh, the van. Should we talk about the van? Let's talk a little bit about the van and I the delay. Because I did get questions about that. Because uh, this was supposed to be the trip where we christened the van yeah yeah so for those who don't know what van we're talking about uh, those who have followed me for a while knows about this i've been posting about it before about a year ago a little bit more uh, i bought a what is it 1990 uh, combi combi volkswagen combi and it had zebra straps yeah, that's a big, big part of it. It has zebra And that's why I think everyone likes it. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> it's cool... Got super, it's got so much character. It's a super cool van. And the plan was to kit it out to be a camper van and travel around South Africa with, with it. That's still the plan. It's still going to happen. I'm manifesting it's going to happen. It will happen. It will happen. And it's just taken a little bit longer to... to get it finished and get it up and running it, it had didn't have an engine and like all of those kind of things so we it was a lot of mechanical issues that we had to sort out but or we i haven't been doing much craig's dad have been doing everything which i'm forever grateful for he loves working on this van and has been having so much fun and he just loves cars in general so he very gracefully offered to to sort it out for me 
Uh, but I think it's been a bit of a challenge for him as well because he, it's such an old car. It's such yeah. an old car, and there's been issues that we parts. haven't that we haven't foreseen. So anyway, it's taken a little bit longer than it was supposed to. Mm. This was supposed to be the trip when it was up and going, ready to take on Kruger, and it was kind of supposed to kind of test it out to see. And Craig's dad came with us, so uh, that was the reason we were going so that he could help out if the car broke if down. If something if something happened. He could be Mr. Fix-It. Exactly. Because he's incredibly good with his hands. Uh, but the things. van did not get ready. Uh, the engine was up and running. And then it just broke down because someone had dropped something. In Into it. the cylinders. Yeah. So anyway, we decided to take Craig's parents' old It was my dad. Safari. Yeah. My dad's second car he ever owned. And it's a 1979 Datsun Safari. Yeah, so we decided to take that instead uh, on this trip to still do a little charming old car mm-hmm. uh, with a rooftop tent that we will talk more about. The rooftop tent. Anyway, <laughs> so that was what the trip was about. And we traveled north to south in Kruger. Um, yeah, with that car. Yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, we started. We started. We left Hazyview because that's where we're based at the moment. Um we then went up and in Palabora Gate and missioned up to Tenzi Camp, which was amazing, actually. Uh, first time both myself and you have stayed there. And basically why we stayed at Tenzi uh, was to just break the journey. Uh, because getting up from Palabora, going all the way up to the furthest northern point, is quite a drive. You know, Obviously, in the Kruger, you've got speed limits you need to stick, stick with. And uh, it was, yeah... So we decided now let's just break the journey. We met up with um, the other the other clients um, and spent the night, did a bit of an introduction, and the next day we moved on to Border Camp, which is also another first for us. Amazing. Literally. A lot of first for us this trip. Yeah, literally mind-blowing. You are staying at pretty much very close to the, border, the Pafuri border post, uh, which is the border with Mozambique and um, you just incredible you're in the Mapani felt but also the river lines are in, you're a five minute drive from Crook's Corner which is the corner where Zimbabwe Mozambique and South Africa all meet and that was incredible you oh we have seen that before mm, we, yeah, we, we we've have both been there, been there. Mm. Uh, but some of the clients we were with they had never been there so they were quite uh, quite excited and and the river was flowing because it had just yeah. it had just had a bit of rain and as we got to Crook's Corner there were hippos right below where you can get out your car so that was a, that was brilliant yeah and ask for more and the ca- and the camp the border camp uh, that was the only place we weren't camping at. yes uh, but it was such a cool little house that we stayed in the Mockford house yeah Mockford guest house. Uh, which is basically a old colonial. Yeah, it was. It was run. So in the, uh, it was the thirties mm-hmm. um, when uh, the the border. It was when the border opened, or the border post, and the colonels and the generals and the border workers would stay at these houses, and that's how the Pafuri border camp came about. And they re- it's really tastefully stylish. Yeah, no, it's it's very except for very the cool. smeg, the, the smeg fridge. <laughs> tastefully stylish. What do you mean with tastefully stylish? It's it's ta- it's in an old-fashioned way, tastefully. 
okay. it's tastefully done in an old-fashioned way. Okay. okay. Old-fashioned stylish. Sorry. Okay. And then they got this brand new smeg finish. Yeah. So everything... Carolina absolutely loved. <laughs> no, I just I was just shocked because a smeg fridge, like Google it now, a smeg, a smeg fridge is at least like a hundred thousand rand. A hundred thousand rand. Google it right now. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Talking well, I'm talking. Craig is googling what is how much a smeg fridge costs because uh, yeah, it's like an old old colonial house and it's preserved that way, so you feel like you're traveling back in time, which is really really cool. And just staying in in these little rooms with like very colonial style beds and cupboards, which is yeah, just really cool to see. And and then the kitchen was also kind of preserved as as it was back then. Um, plus the smeg fridge, which shocked me because like Kruger isn't. It's not a luxury like the Sand Parks place is not a luxury. Holy shit. <laughs> 89,000 rand. I told you. Goodness crap, for a fridge. Yes. Smeg is like the apple of of homeware. What do you call it? Well, does that tell me how many calories I've burned? No, an Apple Watch does. So we can justify it. It keeps your food cold. I know. I know. But Smeg is like, they like, it's the brand. People have yeah. too much money. It's the same. Like a, like a, like a, a Smeg toaster is also like 10,000 rand. People have too much money. So anyway, there was a smeg fridge there which shocked us all. But it was a really, really cool place to stay. And there was photos on the walls with all the people who lived there, the Mockford family. And yeah, it was just really, really cool to see. Yeah, it was cool. And we, we went down from Crook's Corner. We did a morning drive. Yeah, beautiful. You Stunning. know, fever trees everywhere. Uh, we didn't get to the bulk of the fever tree forest. You have to go into the Makaleke Concession. Uh, which don't have you're not allowed to unless you booked into any of the lodges uh, in the Makaleki concession, which is slightly disappointing. But you know, it's a good drive for you for guests to book uh, the lodges in that area. Um, and then we started our way down, and we went to one of our favourite camps from there. Um, Shingwezi. Shingwezi. Oh, love Shingwezi. We always loved it. And it was so quiet, actually. We didn't have neighbours. The campsites were quiet. Shingwezi is also like... It's like a... Not a, I wouldn't say hidden gem in the north, but it is mostly South Africans that go to Shingwezi because it's, far. it's so far from any big towns. But yeah, we've spoken about Shingwezi in a previous podcast, but really, really love it. And, and we this is one of the few places where we decided to head out early morning because it is a good place for a leopard. We didn't have any luck this time, but we did. We were in the presence of a leopard. Yeah, you can say that. I think um, in the presence of a leopard is one we... We found a. Uh, we were driving along one of the dirt roads and we found a drag mark, mm. which was very fresh. A female leopard that was dragging some form of a carcass across the road and dropped into the Shingwezi River. And um, we. We could hear her eating. Yeah, we popped, positioned the vehicle a little bit and we could hear her munching out, but we couldn't see her. Still equally as special, it's technically a leopard find, even though you didn't see it, it's a find. She was yeah, there. She was there. She was just behind the bushes where we couldn't see her, like in the river. So yeah, that was just very cool. I think Shigwetu is such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. place and, and definitely love spending a lot of time in there. We saw lions up there. We saw two female lions on a waterbuck kill. We did, on the way yeah. out. Yeah, when we were going down towards um, Balule. Mm, that is true. No, yeah. we went back to Tenzi before that. Sorry. We yeah, went, Tenzi went back to Tenzi. Yeah, so two female lions and a waterbuck kill, some hyena interaction. Yeah. That was cool. It was a cool sight in the river. Also the Shingwezi River. Yeah, yeah like, same river it was quite open. And the river was dry there. So yeah. like, it was quite open, so you could see the lions, you could see the hyenas a few hundred meters. No, not 
kind of like a couple it was of like 10, 20 20 meters 20 off. meters away um yeah it was really cool and then we got to Tsenze again again another hidden gem and i understand i've gotten i've had i've heard so much about Tsenze from so many different people especially like obviously people who like camping because it only does do camping it's a beautiful camp it really really is the couple that works at the camp are also legendary because he knows like all the birds and yeah knows and he knows everything. where they are in the camp so yeah. they've got they've got pearl spotted owlet there uh scopsal um white-faced scopsal and so many other uh, smaller ones and every day they come around and they'll they'll come see how you're doing and they'll when when they find the owl if they if they've noticed guests are into birds they'll come personally to your camp and say oh we found the owl we found the they did they came and called us she came to call us she found the the scops owl so i could take some photos of that which was awesome so yeah it was just really really nice to stay yeah it's a nice it's a nice initiative you know from from staff when they do that both of us coming from the lodge industry we both know yeah, it's amazing to see, even mm. in sand parks, that stuff like that is happening. Yeah. And we ran into um, some friends. And yeah, Warren and Shanae. Yeah, check out Wayne on Instagram. They're really cool, and I think they're gonna take they're gonna take Instagram by storm. Um, yeah. Their stuff is, their stuff is too good not to go viral. No, uh, in my opinion. They've got such awesome, awesome content, and if you enjoy uh, Kruger and especially camping, they do a lot of camping, much more than we do. And yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, I love their meals and reels. It's so cool. Just such a great idea. So funny. So yeah, they've got really, really cool stuff. And they're actually spending a whole month in Kruger. So yeah, if you want to know more about Kruger and camping, check out. Check out Wayne on Instagram. They yeah. are amazing. They yeah. do some very cool stuff. So we caught up with them and had some dinner. And then the next day we were heading out to... Now we were heading down to Belule. Then we went to Belule. Also a gem. Yeah. Love Belule. Stunning camp. Only thing is there's no power. But... But that's fine. Yeah, it's not. It's beautiful issue. though, like because the thing is, they it's not there's no power, but they put like lanterns in the bathrooms. So you like you walk into the bathroom and there's these lanterns and like it, it's it's just a so rustic cute. feel. Yeah, but it's so cute and it's like just different to not have electricity, you know. But do you want to tell the world, the, the podcast, about why it actually doesn't have electricity? So Belule is the the significance of it is it. It's incredibly iconic from a historical point of view. Uh, whereas during the apartheid era, um, for those of you who don't know what the apartheid era is, go give it a Google. It was the only camp where black people were, or people of color that lived in South Africa, where they were allowed to stay in the national park itself. And they weren't allowed to stay at any other camps. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a camp that... Uh, signifies quite a lot of history in South Africa and obviously now uh, anyone's allowed to stay there um, and it, it in, is and it really in all is camps, anyway. in all camps yeah, sorry obviously. sorry <laughs> of course uh, in all camps um, but you know Belude really is um, close to a lot of South Africans hearts because of that aspect um, and um, it's beautiful as well it mm. is such a beautiful camp. Just re- re- and just i guess important to remind us of the dark history in, in south africa yeah and how it's important for us to just we'll, while we'll we're on the topic is how we must address the dark history and kind of it mustn't be ashamed to talk about it and just important to to mo- move forward yeah and from Belule, uh, we went down towards marula now marula is uh, a camp in the kruger national park uh, that is quite close to open camp 
um, and it it's also on the I banks of Maruda. I was so excited to stay at Maruda because my absolute favorite camp in Kruger is Tamboti. Uh-huh. And Marula is basically the camping version of Tamboti. So I was I was just so excited to see this and see what it was like because we just love Tamboti so much. And it's yeah, it was great. Fantastic. No, I loved it. I thought it was good. We actually did a game drive there. Oh yeah, that, that was, was awesome. Fun. Yeah. We With a really a, good guide. We had a very good guide, uh, named Lloyd. Um and he he found us lions. Mm. Uh, they were hunting buffalo. Yeah, it was quite cool. <laughs> Throw back to our chat. Oh yeah, now. of <laughs> course. Well, uh, this time they failed. Yeah, this um, time they failed. But it was still cool. Very cool interaction between these five females and this herd of buffalo. Yeah, I just saw this herd like chasing them, and you know, you made a very good spot of the lions. We were we were watching the buffalo, and we knew the lions were around somewhere because we had there was a picnic spot just there. Yeah. And we spoke to the guy who worked at the picnic spot and he said the lions were here. They have been chasing these buffalo. And, and we could see the, on the buffalo's behavior, they were very upset and, and obviously nervous with the lions around and so on. And so we were just watching the buffalo and all of a sudden Craig goes, there's the lion, there's the lions. And it was like 200 meters away or something. And <laughs> I don't know how you spotted that, but you saw that the like back end of the herd like we were with the like front end of the herd if you want to put it like that it was a big herd of like yeah. at least like two three hundred it's all about i suppose it's that that situational awareness that we've that i've spoken about in the yeah in the and you were watching podcast. the back end of the herd that was still being like quite you could see on their behavior being quite aggressive towards something and that's when you you were just watching them and you saw the lions mm. yeah it was the pathfinders the big males you can see they were, like you just said, not happy. Mm. And while the rest of the herd came back to the water, um, five or six individuals were like running with their heads up and stopped and then like really not happy. And that's an immediate indication that something's going on there. And then I just waited for this tawny color to pop out. <laughs> it was almost just a waiting game. And, and there they were. And there they were. And we drove up to them and watched them drink and the buffaloes started moving away but uh-huh. yeah we do believe the lions followed them through the night oh yeah for sure we went back the next it. morning once we left marula on our way down to malalan, malalan yeah, yeah and we left there and then we went down to and we saw nothing we saw signs of uh, tracks of um, the pride mm. and obviously tracks the, the, yeah following the breeding so i assume they did eventually but it was Kill cool one. starting to see that interaction and, oh, and amazing. watching the lions drink as well. That was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, and the next day we headed down to Malalon, which is the furthest southern camp. Correct. Correct. Uh, and we on the way there we saw a leopard. We also did. Also you spotted very well in the river. Yeah. Well done, Craig. Thank Good you. Good spotting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we saw a leopard, male big male leopard Huge in the river. Male. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we had we had some time with him before he moved into the bush and then head down to Madelon. And I have to be honest. I feel like people need to know this. Okay. Madelon wasn't great. It's not impressive at all. It's a nice small camp and the staff were great. They did the oh, same yeah. at all their rustic camps. Oh yeah, the staff they were came great. Up That's and not they say, fault. "Hey, how are you? Um, uh, is everything okay here? Can we get you anything?" Uh, <laughs> very sweet. Very sweet staff. Um Location, uh, yeah. I, I just feel you're just 
too close to the edge of the park. Yeah. You can see the farms, and then we went on game drive the next morning, you had the rooster going, <laughs> You're just cl- too close to the fence, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so you're not feeling like you're really in the wild. So. But we also had, like, a, there was... It was weird people around. <laughs> we can't, Strange. Can we actually say this? But yeah. there was a bit of funny people around, yeah. Hey, tell us a story. To, go on, tell the story about when you went to go get hot water for our morning game, Rav. I feel like I don't want to scare people away from going to the park. But this was quite crazy. This is like, this is, to be honest, this never happens. No. It, it, I've been going since I was like tiny. And it's the first time I ever heard of something like this. But I walk, I, I walk around trying to look for a hot water urn. Yeah, so for those who don't know what that is, it's basically like a hot water boiler, I guess, where you can just get hot water straight from a tap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like boiling, boiling water, water straight from a tap. And we always use that to make our coffee in the mornings. And I was walking around looking for one because we were going in game trap. And I walk into the kitchen, and there's a guy sleeping on the floor. <laughs> This is the communal kitchen that, like... That everyone uses. Everybody and there's this uses. guy in his undies. In his undies, sleeping on the floor. And I was just so shocked. And I felt like... At first, I was embarrassed. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Am I in I, someone's bungalow? I thought... Yeah, I was like, am I in... Did I walk into someone's bungalow? But then I realized, I'm like, that's the communal kitchen. Like, why is he sleeping on the floor? So that was weird. Yeah. So between that and the rooster going in the morning, and not a great camp. And then the, the, the random people that named the hyena that oh, yeah, was so there was circulating a hyena, the camp. The hy- uh, there was a hyena walking around the fence, um, which which is always cool to see, but unfortunately it also indicates that people maybe flew this, the, No, there was, there was sufficient evidence of this animal's behavior that he had been fed. Which is not, it's which not is not idea. great to see, um, and yeah, we we just it's not nice to see that an animal gets dependent on humans in that way. But anyway, we obviously did not feed him, uh, but he was sitting like outside the fence, and then at some point he lied down next to our campsite and and whatever, um, and I think it's also it can also be because the little bry stands, so little like fire stands yeah. where you can make food and whatever they're quite close to the fence so I'm sure a lot of people just throw away like leftovers after the they fence they throw their bones over the fence and you know they are, it's it's not right it's not right at all but anyway these guys came and they were like asking about the hyena and they were naming it Harry no well, you and, know the, the thing is like I don't I don't like to um, like I, I don't like to knock people and they they enjoy it. they were they were loved they loved every moment of it but they go in and like and this this um british dude gets up and he's like has one look at the hyena and goes oh yeah that's harry and i go you don't even know if it's a boy or a girl no no that's harry <laughs> like all right cool mate like okay. uh yeah anyway they've adopted this hyena they adopted um this but yeah, so, so so we sounded quite negative. But unfortunately, that was that wasn't great. The next night, we actually decided to stay longer in the park because we had a power outage at home. At home. Yeah. So we didn't have power here for a week, which was very fun cleaning our fridge when we came back. <laughs> anyway, so we decided to stay in the park until the you power. You didn't came. clean the fridge. <laughs> I, cleaned, I the cleaned the fridge. Okay, we've got whatever. This is anyway. not wildest cringe stories. Yeah, so we decided to stay in the park a little bit longer, which we were very fortunate to be able Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. And we stayed at Birkendahl instead. That was great. Amazing. Brilliant. 
And yeah. I saw someone who had the same van as me. I got so excited. Yeah. Anyway, that was brilliant. So that was really, really nice. We stayed there. For Good lion density. I mean, well... Oh yeah, we had we, incredible lion sightings. We went on a morning drive. We had four different good lion sightings in one morning. Yeah, yeah that was really really cool. So so that was awesome, uh, but wouldn't recommend by the lion. Just just need people. To it's know. a personal it's a personal opinion. Yeah. Um, just that personally, yeah, I didn't really particularly find it. Wow. No. Um, but it's also interesting when you're traveling north to south, you one you see the vegetation's changing, which is really cool. Topography. And two. It also gets so much busier with vehicles and people in, in general. Uh, and that's just the south is busier. And that's important for people to know because it's closer to big towns. And it's also the closest part of Kruger to Joburg. You can get to Birkendal yeah. in like four hours. Johannesburg and Pretoria. Um, it's the closest. Yeah, it's a close area. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> that was our Kruger trip. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We had... A really good time really and if you're ever time. thinking about doing north to south do it do the rustic camps it's incredible yeah it was brilliant so scenario craig Hit not me. scenario it's a question question favorite vehicle for game viewing huh mm, what's your favorite vehicle for game viewing out of any vehicle favorite Open, closed, Land Rover, Land Cruiser. No, definitely not a Land Rover. We can, we can go... Datsun Safari. We'll put that one at the bottom. Um, <laughs> Datsun Safari. It was fun, man. It's fun. It's very loud. And uh, <laughs> this doesn't have a very good starter motor. And it leaks oil. <laughs> uh, so we'll put that at the bottom. Uh, followed very closely by a Land Rover. Can't stand a Land Rover. You don't, you don't really like a Land Rover. I hate a Land Rover. I feel like there's a lot. The Land Rover team is going to come. They're going to. They're going to leave the podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can do without them. <laughs> um, I, I've got to say, you know, up up until beginning of the year, we had. I, I would personally say, like the open open vehicle uh, cruisers. Uh, those are nice, no roof, uh, just the nine seats. But ideally. From a guest point of view, you want six. Mm-hmm. Um, two center console potentially charges in that center console charging. Mm. Cruiser kind of makeup. Um, uh, just from a cruiser's quiet, comfortable, lovely vehicle. But I am leaning more towards what they've got in Tanzania. Oh, my word. They have the best vehicles. They Just the windows are big. Um, they You can close them. Air conditioning. You can pop up the roof. It really is convenient. There's space to move around. There's space to stand. Um, it is, but again, it those are designed for you doing long hauls mm. um, it, through the Serengeti, through Lake Manyara, through um, Gorogoro when you go in the whole day. Uh, so I would say I, I'm I'm stuck between the two, the one that is um, the open vehicle cruiser mm. and the the. Tanzania kind of makeup photography vehicle. But a cruiser, hey, because they also cruise. Always cruiser. Mm. Always cruiser. Don't don't waste your time with Land Rover. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. I agree with you. Definitely do. Okay, cool. That was all for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I feel like we've been ranting a lot this episode. So sorry if we. If yeah, we're if you came across negative, negative um, we're not negative people at all. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. I can do something. I get to sometimes. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Oh, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm.